Hello, and welcome back to the Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar. So let's start with a prayer. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, our Lord, who by the power of the Holy Ghost was conceived, born of the Virgin Mary, raised, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he arose again from the dead, and he ascended unto heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Holy Mother of God, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. <clears throat> so, uh, our reading is going to be from the Gospel of St. Mark. Uh, from chapter 10, we're going to read, starting from verse 17. It's titled, The Rich Man. And as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. Do not kill. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And he said to him, Teacher, all these I have observed from my youth. And Jesus looked upon him and loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go, sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And then come and follow me. At that saying, his countenance fell, and he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. Peter began to say to him, Behold, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brother or sister or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses, brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many that are first will be last, and the last first. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I wanted to read this because 
we have an interesting article. Actually, we have several, and I'm hoping uh, I may not get through them in one episode because this is serious. This is from the Washington Post. I tried to do several drafts of this, uh, but for some reason it didn't come out right until recently another article came out. There were actually two articles. There's one other article in this one. This is actually dated um, November 1st, 2019, right at the start of this month. And it's from, I hope I'm pronouncing this person's name correctly, Chico Harlan. And it's titled, um, it's under, uh, it's from the Washington Post, and it's in the European section, because it has in the corner there, it says Europe. German bishops want to modernize the church. Are they getting too far ahead of Pope Francis? And uh, this is going to be very interesting. So let's start. Germany, among those who believe the Catholic Church must liberalize to save itself from perpetual decline, some of the staunchest advocates are church leaders here in Germany. Some German bishops have spoken in favor of abandoning celibacy, requirements for priests and vaulting women into leadership roles that are now off limits. Some have urged updating the Vatican's stern stance on sexual morality, saying the church can't afford to be out of touch or alienating. Earlier this year, one bishop spoke so understandingly of homosexuality that a 53-year-old priest in a nearby town came out as gay and thanked the bishops for opening the door. The old times are over. The, that bishop said, Franz Joseph Overbeck of Essen, had written to the members of his diocese saying that his own views were evolving amid the church's dramatic loss of credibility and trust. Bingo. That's the key right there for, for us. Dramatic loss of credibility and trust. Now, I, wanna, I want you to keep in mind... Look for evangelization. Look for conversion. Look for the word sin. Look for bad formation of priests and bishops. You're not going to find it, I'm quite certain, because I already read this article several times. All right. But as Germany tests the boundaries of how much Catholicism can bend to the modern age, it is emerging as a center of tension within the divided global church. That's the global Catholic church. Much of the concern originates in the United States, where some of the traditionalist bishops, along with Catholic conservative media outlets, are opposed to Pope Francis' advocacy for more inclusive faith. They say Francis is diluting moral teaching, pushing an anti-capitalist a uh, pro-migrant agenda, sowing confusion about what the church stands for. And Germany, they say, is a country whose appetite for change threatens to outpace that of the pontiff himself. The German bishops continue to move towards schism from the universal church. This is from the Denver Archbishop Samuel Aquilia. We're going to, there's a, it just here is a link. We're going to get back to it later. And this is, he tweeted this. He said this, in um, on Twitter. Other conservative higher-ups have warned 
that development in Germany could coerce changes in global Catholicism that should instead be guided by the Vatican. But German prelates and other church leaders in interviews with the Washington Post said they see a different risk, that their changes won't go far enough. I don't know what that means. I think, really, this is the, they, they don't know how to face the immoral problem that's going on with them. They don't know how to face it. They're, they're, you know, there's nothing here about, like I said, evangelization. We're going to get to a key important part. We're coming up to it right now. These leaders have watched as more than 100,000 Germans leave the Catholic Church every year. They recognize that the sexual abuse crisis has intensified to discontent. A report released last year found sex crimes and cover-ups going back seven decades in Germany. Okay, German report doc, uh, report documents more than 3,600 abuse cases within the Catholic Church in Germany. With the hope of making the church more relevant to people's lives, German bishops have finalized plans for a two-year program of meetings that began in December and aimed to re-examine some of the church's most contentious positions and teachings, including its restrictions on female leaders and its stance on sexuality. Once more... Nothing about conversion. I already read to you the part about 3,600 sex abuse cases going back seven decades. And there is nothing here about the immorality within the priesthood. They're having the same problem as here in the United States where the bishops do not want to face or deal with the immorality within the priesthood. And they're doing the same thing. There is nothing here about conversion. There's nothing here about sin. Recently in Halloween, Bishop Robert Barron got up before Congress and the Senate or something, and he gave the opening prayer. He didn't begin with in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. He didn't end it in, the, in our Lord's name, in Jesus' name. And he didn't end it in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. These guys are embarrassed of their own Catholicism. They're embarrassed of their own Christian faith. How can you follow a bishop who's afraid to mention the name Christ before Congress or the Senate? This is the same Robert Barron, remember, that said that we have a reasonable hope that all men are saved, that there's no one in hell. You can't trust a man like that. He refuses he refuses to acknowledge the name of Jesus. He is a bishop. He's a he's a successor of the apostles. Anyway, let's continue. The agenda goes much further than just a concluded Vatican Synod at which bishops recommend allowing married deacons to become priests in the Amazon region. Once more, the Amazon is just a camouflage. They're using the Amazon, a remote region far away from Europe, as a ploy to get their own personal agenda because they, don't, they can't fix the immorality within their priesthood. They want to give the church a facelift, a Botox shot. They want to come up with a facelift instead of dealing with with the immorality, the sin that's infecting them. 
which is, you know, there's no guarantee. Everything they're going to do is going to bring people back into their churches. All right. It says 100,000. I got a surprise for you. The number is larger than that. It's coming up in another article. And it's and it's really serious because we got we got to go through each step here to show you what their their situation is. They cannot fix this problem. Do you do we want to be a, a closed church or one that embraces life and culture? The bishop of of Osnabrück, Franz Joseph Bode, said in an interview with the Washington Post. I know I said those those German names wrong. Catholics in Germany have long been known for their liberal leanings that come partly from the influence of Protestantism, even centuries after the Reformation. It also comes from a, a newer factors, post-Cold War freedoms, protests from women's groups, emptying seminaries, the reform demands of large, deep-pocketed lay Catholic organizations. Okay, we just read some of the symptoms here that's infecting them. First of all, none of this is going to solve their problem. Regardless of what they want to do, the, the, the notice they talk about the church's uh, stance on sexuality. Perversion, sexual perversion is an idolatry. It's an idolatry. It's, it's going to lead you to want to change your faith so that you can fix, you, it can ease your conscience. This is all that they want to do. They don't want to convert. They don't want to convert. These guys have hijacked the church the same way like Dolan and Cardinal Whirl and, and Supich and all the others. They hijacked the church, including Robert Barron. And guess what they told our Lord? They told our Lord and his, and his blessed mother, take a long walk. And don't forget, take the Holy Spirit with you. We can, we can do this on our own. This is our, this is our institution now. This is our company now. That's what they've said. These guys are seriously, seriously sick. They have, basically, they took the 30 pieces of silver and they decided to go for a counterfeit Catholic church. That's what they've done. Uh, Gregor Maria Hoff a theologian who is consulting with the bishops in their meetings and in favor of significant changes said that nine or 10 of Germany's 69 bishops have become uh, forcefully liberal in recent years. Even a handful of the country's conservative bishops schooled in the mode of traditionalist Pope Benedict XVI, Germany's most famous modern Catholic, have moved in favor of, of reforms. Only a few German parallels, most notably Cardinal Reinhard Wolke of Cologne, have been critical of their plans. So, um, let's see here where I was. Okay. Yes. People from the old system saw it was broken, Hoff said. To be honest, this might be the last chance to change it. Even as German Catholicism has lost followers, it has retained an outsized global influence. Thanks, this is a key, a key point here, to a state-backed church tax that allows German groups to spread hundreds of millions in aid across the Catholic world. About 20, 27% of Germany's 83 million people belong to the church. They belong to the church, but they're not attending church. 
The German church has been politically ascended to during much of France's papacy in 2014. That's because they helped elect Francis for this very reason. You see, a German, if a German was elected again, another li a liberal Catholic, a liberal cardinal elected to the See of Peter to succeed uh, Benedict, and then it would obviously look suspicious and it, there would be resistance, most likely. But instead, what they did was they decided to pick a Jesuit from across the sea, from Argentina, one who is very sympathetic to their cause, one who is uh, very much part of their cause, so they can obviously achieve these heretical goals that are possibly going to lead to a schism. There's a big chance it will. Remember, they got the money. They have all, they have problems. They got all the money, but they got problems. They, they do not want to face, the, they don't fix their problems spiritually. There's no conversion. Uh, there's a passage in the book of Revelation. Uh, our Lord speaks to the church of Laodicea. I, I know my Greek is not good, but there's an interesting part here to it. It's it actually says a lot. If you pay attention, it actually you can see the here. And to the angel of the church in Laodicea. This is chapter three, starting from verse fourteen. To the angel of the church in Laodicea, write the words of the Amen, the faithful, the true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. For you say I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not knowing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Therefore I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire, that you may be rich and white garments to clothe you and to keep the shame of your nakedness from being seen and solve to anoint your eyes that you may see those whom I love, I reprove and chasten. So be zealous and repent. You see, they have all the money. They're rich, but they are poor, pitiful, blind, and naked. They don't know they're naked. They've lost their garment. This is what happens when money, they're comfortable. These men were not picked. None of these men were picked for their spiritual life. None of them were picked for their prayer life. They were picked because they can function. They're responding to materialism. Okay, they are materialistically selfish. They like the life that they live. These are not men who have uh, great theology, all right? Some of them can talk very well, but they were picked because they are very respondent and they're politicians. They're salesmen, practically. <clears throat> I'm sorry to say it, but it's pathetic. You know, none of these guys, they're strangers to their own church. They're strangers to the Catholic church. They are aliens in their own church. They are strangers to Christ. They are strangers to the Holy Trinity. 
They don't know their own church. And yet, here they are. They hold these positions. You can. You can be just like a man can be a stranger in his own home. He doesn't know his family. These men do not know the Lord they serve. And, you know, they, they're, they're trained to respond. They were picked because of their weakness by other men. And they were picked so that they can... Basically, they were picked to hurt the church. Dolan, the other last week, uh, uh, distant himself from uh, a priest, Father Murray, in uh, South Carolina because Father Murray refused to give um, communion to uh, former Vice President Joe Biden. And Dolan does two things, does several things. He doesn't condemn the priest completely, but he does throw him under the bus. I thought he was rash. And then he said he made his point, but I still think he was rash. But what does he say when someone asked him, have you ever had the opportunity of not giving communion to someone, someone famous? And he, he doesn't have the guts to talk to anybody privately. He, he says in the article that he would talk to them privately and tell them you're not in good standing. You see, he admits that the priest was right. I failed to say that in the last episode, Eucharist in politics. He admits that the, that the priest was correct. He admits that Canon 915 is correct. But they rather that you choose not to take communion. They don't want to stand there on the podium, on the, from the pulpit, or on TV in front of a crowd and say, you can't take communion. He admitted that the priest and, and the church's teachings is correct. That if you support abortion or homosexuality, you are in the wrong. But he, he said it, that he, you know, that he would talk to the person privately, but he would never do that. He doesn't have that kind of guts. This, the, none of these men do, even in Germany. They don't. They were picked for the very reason that they are spiritually weak. Okay, so we have to go back here. Um, okay, yeah. The German church has been politically ascended to during much of Francis' papacy in 2014. The Pope called on retired Cardinal Walter Kaspar. Kaspar is a racist. He uh, felt that the African bishops in one of the synods on the family, that they should mind their own business and not tell Europeans what to do. He didn't know there was a mic. The man's a racist. To give a tone-setting address to major meetings of bishops, one that reopened the debate about communion for divorced Catholics. Most recently, Francis has leaned on Cardinal Reinhard Marx, the Archbishop of Munich, one of six people in the Pope's cabinet who had helped guide Francis on issues from sexual abuse to Vatican financial reform. Here's another link here. We have to get back to it later. Roman Catholic bishops recommend allowing married deacons to become priests in Amazon Synod. But Vatican watchers say Francis is now in the delicate position of de deciding whether to rein in bishops who view he, views he largely subscribes to. In June... After the German bishops had proposed their ideas for the reform meetings, Francis took the unusual step of writing a letter to the country's Catholics offering vague 
support for their efforts, but can cautioning against trying to resolve problems alone. The letter was open to interpretation, but a subsequent message from the Vatican was clearer. In September, a close papal lieutenant sent a warning that included a Vatican legal assessment of the, of the German plans, which was obtained and published by the Catholic News Agency. That assessment from the Pontifical Council for Legislative Texts said, The themes the German plan to discuss also affect the universal church and cannot be the object of the deliberations or decisions of a particular church without contriving what is expressed by the Holy Father in his letter. Basically, they were told to slow down and stop. They don't want to. They're they're in trouble. They're sinking in a cesspool of sexual uh, impurity. They are... They, they got a lot of problems. They cannot, they, they, they feel that they're, I think there's something really going on. I th- really feel there's a serious, serious matter happening. And they want to liberalize their church. They think that they, they want to uh, do something so they can pull away from this. I think the spotlight is coming down on them. I think they're going to have a serious problem of lawsuits. They seem to be desperate. Why are they so desperate? To push this through, they might be facing some serious lawsuit. They might be a backlash from their government in Germany. Nobody who's participating in this process wants a national church, said Thomas Stonberg, the president of the Central Committee of German Catholic, a massive lay group that's participating with the German bishops in their meetings. The German Synod as the meeting process is known, is officially designed to take up four topics. The exercise of authority, the priestly way of life, the role of women in the church, and sexual morality. That's the last part. The last part is the key. There is serious problems within them. It's a sexual problem, and they're about, it's about to cave in on them. I believe it. But already, diocese by diocese, bishops are remaking the German religious landscape. Bode, who oversees the largest German diocese last year, placed a woman in charge of managing a parish. A priest still holds Sunday Mass, but only as a quarter-time job. It went well, except accepted by the parish, said Bode, who added that he would approve if the church allowed married priests. There's something, they really are pushing it, and I know we're going to see it soon. It's coming down on them. In another shrinking diocese, Overbeck says he has changed his own views, a reconsideration that came from noticing people moving away from the faith. Several years ago, during a TV program, the bishops called homosexuality a sin that contradicts nature. Then, writing in January for a German publication, Overbeck Divorce course saying that the prejudices of bygone times had a fatal effect and needed to, to be overcome. One thing's for sure, Overbeck wrote, every person can enter into an extremely respectful and loving human relationship. I think I figured out what the problem is. If people are leaving the church, why are they giving their money? And if the sexual abuse scandals keep climbing up, because maybe there's opposition from some politicians who don't want them to get the tax money anymore 
and therefore they'll use the sexual abuse scandals. They'll probably dig up the most dirtiest and wretched of them, and maybe they have a lot of covering up, the way our bishops here cover up. This could cost them. In other words, they're living on borrowed time. These guys are living on borrowed time, and they know it, and they know that it's only sooner or later if they don't change they feel that they may be changing the makeup of the church, maybe uh, married priests, ma women priests, they can come back into the church and maybe this could prevent them from losing the position they have in Germany. That could be, that could be it. That could be exactly what's going on with them, but it's not going to work. Either way, it's not going to work for these guys. All right, um... One thing's for sure, Overbeck, for every person can enter into an extremely respectful and loving human relationship. Sounds like a sales pitch. <laughs> One of the people who, who read Overbeck's article was a priest who had been through four years of therapy and who said he had never felt the courage to come out as gay. Overbeck's article made him feel as though he had had the approval of a church authority figure. The priest Bernard, oh boy, it's a tough name, Monkenbusher, said in his, in an, forgive me, in an interview, if not now, when? Mankenbusher said. Soon the priest was on Facebook, writing about the overdue green light from a bishop, describing how Catholicism's own teachings made him feel misogynist, uh, misogy misogynistic, I guess, or I, I really don't know what the word is, and even suicidal. It points out and disclosing how he'd never told his par parents about his sexual orientation because they were good Catholics and he thought that they'd be ashamed. I'm sorry, but I hold the, churches, the church responsible, Monk Busher wrote. There you go. You see, you're allowing sexuality and he didn't understand Catholicism. This is a priest who, unfortunately, living was an alien to his own Catholic faith. That's not what it is about. Sexuality is not... What, I mean, sexuality... The church's teaching sexuality is healthy. Ugh. They really... They really lost the people. They really did. In the next months, Monk and Busher received hundreds of emails and letters, only a few of them critical, he said, that the most important thing was that people were debating... <clears throat> at last, where the church should stand. If you're not grappling with these questions, nobody is going to take you seriously, he said. And then what is the point of existing? William Glorfurk is in, uh, in Essen and Laurie Beck in Berlin contributed to this report. All right. So now we have something that is going to show us exactly what's going on. We have, in Germany, the Germans, I believe, are living on borrowed time. The German Catholic Church. Politically, socially, they're losing people. Now, in another article, here. Let's see. This is from LifeSite News. As 200,000 Catholics leave German, German church, liberal media look there, for, look there for Catholic leadership. November 8th, 
Terry Mattings of Get Religion is on, in, in early a, on target with his critics of media coverage, but he hits the very center of bullseye with this column. On a Washington Post story that ran under the headline, German bishops want to modernize the church, are they getting too far ahead of the Pope Francis? In the Post story, Manley observed, German bishops are the good guys. The only question is whether the Pope will follow their leadership. But where, the lay, where they're leading, the Post is satisfied that the German hierarchy is in is in the vanguard in calling for married priests, women priests, shared communion, and in general relaxation of church teaching on moral questions. If your goal is to change the Catholic Church, then yes, the German bishops are far ahead of the universal church. But if your goal is to spread the Catholic faith, then the German bishops are as a are as a group miserable failures. Mattingly noted that in twenty in um that two hundred two I'm sorry two hundred sixty sixteen or so millions a million uh Germans have renounced their Catholic faith last year. That trend I'm sorry two hundred sixty two hundred sixteen thousand I'm sorry um have renounced their faith. The German bishops expect to lose another ten million faithful Okay, on top of this, Manley asks as, they, as a key question, if you were writing about the rising influence of German Catholic bishops in, in the bitter global debate about the future of Catholic doctrine, worship, and tradition, how much material would, you, would your story need to include about the health of the German church? Would you assume that the Catholic world needs to be more like Germany if the goal is growth and reform? The Post does not mention the exodus from the German church, but never explores the reasons behind it. German bishops, the Post, the Post tells us, have watched as more than 100,000 Germans leave the Catholic Church every year. Well, yes, more than 100,000, in fact, more than twice that figure, you see? Remember I mentioned that earlier? There's a quick reference to the sex abuse crisis, which has intensified the dis discontent. And then we're back... We're back to the need for making the church more relevant to people's lives, which will be done, presumably by emphasizing the issues dear to the Washington Post, because they're liberal. If you actually want to know how the Catholic Church might attract more people, Manley observes, all roads lead to Africa, where the Catholic population has grown by nearly 250% since 1980. Published with permission for the CatholicCulture.org. Okay. So, obviously, if you really want to look at something, you want to find something that is your agenda, you're going to look for it, but you're going to exclude something else. You're going to exclude something that's very important. That article in Washington Post was talking about how progressive the bishops were. And it did make mention of the sexual abuse scandal. The sexual abuse scandal we're going to get back to in another episode because we have to, you know, we have to really look at this here. They need to focus on conversion. Why is the faith growing in Africa? 
Why is the faith, the Catholic Church, is growing, booming? You meet uh, uh, African Catholics, they know Latin. They know Latin. They know the faith. They know their catechesis. They're conservative. They, they, they know what they believe in. But here in Europe, we want a religion and we want something that, that actually does not make us feel guilty. They know they're in serious trouble. They're living on borrowed time. If all those people are leaving, we know it's more than 100,000. We know there's more than that. Millions have left the Catholic Church in Germany. And no mention is how well the Protestant churches are doing. They can't be doing any better. They, the people want a, a Catholic church. They want to be, to believe in something. A recent example, we found out who threw the, the Pakimamas off the bridge. They weren't American. They weren't seminarians. They weren't Italians. It was a young man by the name of Alexander. Uh, I can't pronounce his last name. I'm not going to try. But he's from Vienna, Austria. And he's a convert to Catholicism from Lutheranism. And he's 26 years old. He just got married last summer. And he is in love with Catholicism. Him and his friends. There's a whole bunch of pe young people out there in Europe that want the Catholic faith. And they want the real Catholicism. They don't want some artificial Catholicism with a facelift and a Botox shot or, 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 or you know, a, a remake. No, they want the real Catholic faith. They want the real religion. And these men are incompetent. They can't do it. I'm sorry. These are incompetent men. Some of them, I'm sure, can become saints. It's not impossible. Remember, like I said, I read about the rich, rich young man. For men, it's impossible, but for God, nothing is impossible. On their own, they want a church that is human. They want a church with faults. The same way, it's, if, you, if you're going to remake the church, you're going to remake Jesus. You're going to make Jesus into a, a human, secular humanist Jesus. You're going to want a Jesus with a lot of faults. That's why you get films like The Da Vinci Code. You get films like The Last Temptation of Christ. You get all these different films always with a weak, effeminate Jesus, just like these men are weak and effeminate. They're not just, their masculinity has been taken away from them, but they're spiritually effeminate. They're spiritually incompetent. They're spiritually impotent. They can't be... They can't be teachers. They're impossible. They will never be teachers. That's why you get them. They're afraid to say no about communion. They're afraid to say, say, say a word about sin because they're afraid that the public will backlash against them or they're afraid that you're not going to show up for mass next Sunday and put the money in the basket. This is the kind of men you have. The problem is serious. We need to change. We need to uh, save the priesthood. The priesthood is in trouble. And this is where we as lay Catholics, we have to start making demands. We have to start telling these men, stop with this uh, trendy modern modernization of the church. Stop with the effeminacy. Stop with the, 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 your fear. Stop, you know, have a little gumption. Start preaching. Start teaching the real Catholicism and stop with the modernization.
And we have to start, start demanding better men in leadership roles than people like Dolan, who are afraid to speak up against politicians. And that's another thing, they have to stop, they have to cut off their relationship with the Democratic Party. They have to stop putting their hands out for money. It's disgusting. So anyway, I'll get back with another article and uh, we'll, uh, we'll pick up. We're going to go look into the Germans a little bit more. And I think that's going to show us exactly what our problem is. So I'll be back with you guys soon. And so God bless.